A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. It's another edition of the Retirement Toolbox with Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area and also an office in Bradenton, Florida. You can find us online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Scott has more than 20 years of experience in the financial planning arena. And Scott, it's 2021 now. We can't wait to put you to the test on all new topics in this brand new year. We did it. We made it. We made it through 2020. Can you believe it? That's right. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> it, it, you know, no, new year, no new year can be uh, any worse than what we had in 2020. That's right. Let's just, let's just cross our fingers that we can improve a little bit from what was 2020. It's an, it's an old saying, um, you know, the only way you can go is up at this point. And I, th- I, yeah. think, uh, I think that 2020 was... You know, I think the worst year probably about everybody can remember between viruses. We're hoping that was our rock bottom. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now we're now we're going to be rebounding. New year, and we got a new intro to the podcast we rolled out here. So yeah, we're spice starting it up new. a little bit. We're starting Hopefully. new. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be great. You know, twenty uh, twenty was my favorite year. I think that's something that nobody said. Uh, I don't think 2020 was really anybody's favorite year. And that's going to be kind of what we talk about on today's show. Not 2020, but things that nobody says in the financial world. What are they? What, what are the things that nobody ever says <laughs> sitting across the table from Scott? So we're going to learn about the financial world in a little bit different way today. Because I feel like, Scott, we always talk about common questions and common concerns and common mistakes and the things everybody does. We're going to flip that on its head to begin the new year and talk about the things that nobody says or does. So that should be a little bit of fun on today's show. Absolutely. Uh, we're also going to find out about uh, Scott's least favorite household chores when we get to know him a little bit better later on in the show. And we have a question from Katrina to feature today in our mailbag segment. Katrina's uh, wondering about uh, her husband and how he's inclined to not do retirement planning because he just wants to keep working forever. So we'll talk a little bit about that mentality. And speaking of things that are common, uh, that, that certainly isn't uncommon that we hear people kind of in that situation. So look yep. forward to exploring that. And we're going to find out what movies and TV shows we were watching over the past month or so. I wonder if we'll have a little bit of a holiday flair to some of those. Uh, all that and more coming up on today's show. So, Scott, let's dive right into our main topic of the day, the things that nobody says. I'll pretend that I'm sitting across from you. I'll say these things, and I think you're going to tell me on each one. Yeah, nobody nobody ever says that. But, but Walter, if nobody says it and you say it, then somebody did say Someone it. Someone has said it now. Well, exactly. technically, I'm not sitting across the table from you, though, oh. so we are in make-believe land. So That's that true. that would still That's hold true. true. We could still say no one sat across from you and said these things. It's all hypothetical. That's right, hypothetical. All right, I'm sitting across from you in this hypothetical journey, and I say, you know what, Scott, I really regret putting money into my Roth IRA every year. Just just hated having to do that. Oh, I know it's horrible. You know, I, I obviously nobody does say that, but when it comes time to put the money in, there's a lot of hesitation because if you are conditioned to put that money in in a pre-tax you know ira you're used to getting that tax deduction so a lot of the times though ironically people when you're putting the money in are a little hesitant about putting that money in their roth every year or if they're doing a conversion then they have to pay taxes 
on that conversion. They're hesitant to do it. But every time I've had people do that years later, everybody's happy they have a Roth. So nobody regrets putting money into the Roth once they've done it and they've seen that they get that tax-free growth going forward. You know, just the other day, I had someone in the office that, uh, again, we're, we're laying out a plan, trying to do some Roth conversions. And of course, you know, nobody likes paying taxes. I'm first in line. I hate paying taxes, right? But when, when you see the numbers, it makes a lot of sense to do that conversion. And I told him, I said, hey, you know what? 10 years from now, you'll be thanking me for doing this Roth conversion because I know he will never say that he regrets putting money into his Roth IRA every year. I think we've all been there. I know that uh, you know my wife has a 403b at work, and so and it has the Roth option in there. And so it's always that battle of yeah, I need to start skewing more contribution into the categorized as the Roth, but ooh, it'd be nice to get that tax benefit this year. Maybe we should keep a little bit more to the left side, and you know, trying to do that dance. And I just have to remind myself that yeah, nobody years in the future, just like folks are sitting across from you now, glad they saved in a Roth IRA. I need to keep reminding myself that you know put off that benefit now for the big gain later of having that tax-free distribution. So got to keep that. Yeah, and I, t- I tell everybody, I said, you know, put that money in the Roth portion of that 401k plan. Your paycheck's going to be very minimally impacted by doing that. But, you know, in the future, you're going to be thankful that you've got that tax-free bucket of money to play with in your retirement. That's a great point. All right, another scenario, kind of along these lines about saving, but a little bit different spin. Somebody sitting across from you, Scott, they've done a great job of accumulating uh, money and assets over their lifetime. Now talking about retirement with you, maybe they've even gotten into retirement a little bit. Come in and say to you, you know, in retrospect, I should have spent a lot more. (laughs) I should have saved less over the years because now I've got this big pile of money. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, you know, horrible problem to have, right? right. Yeah, I really uh, regret being in this envious position. Yeah, I regret having to have any money. Uh, but no, you're right. Nobody says that because, again, it's one of those things where it's tough as you're saving throughout the years. Hey, you know, maybe I should put a little bit more in my 401k plan. Of course, the Roth option. Uh, you know, maybe I should, you know, take a little bit out of every paycheck, put it in the credit union. Whatever the case is, it's hard to do. But once you get there, You've got you've accumulated all this cash, then your retirement planning and the rest of your life is much much easier. So yeah, once you've saved that money and you have that money and it's time for you to retire, nobody says, "Boy, I wish I would have spent this money and not saved it." This is ridiculous that I've got all this money now. Uh, no one says that, but it's you know it takes discipline to get to that point where you save that money and you put it away. You know every paycheck, every month. Um, and and then you start accumulating that money. It's a great point. And uh, to switch gears a little bit here, Scott, uh, let's take it from a different approach. Not necessarily all these questions or scenarios would be about saving. Somebody could be across from you and say, you know, the life insurance payout, a tough situation, right? Life insurance payout I got when my significant other died was a little insulting because it's kind of like they thought I couldn't handle the finances without some help. All right, this is the grand day. Nobody absolutely says that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, whenever life insurance pays out when somebody passes away, uh, it can only help any situation. No one says, boy, you know what? My husband must have thought I was a big dummy because he had to leave me this money and, you know, I didn't think he didn't think I could handle it on my own. No one says that. I mean, life insurance is a very important part of a plan and, and you can have life insurance for a couple different reasons, several different reasons. I mean, 
Number one is an income replacement. And if, you know, for some reason, you know, somebody passes away prematurely and, you know, I have life insurance for income replacement. If something happens to me, my wife gets the life insurance payout to make sure the kids get all the way through college, to make sure the house is paid off and that she can live comfortably the rest of her life. And uh, I don't think she's going to say that I insulted her by having that life insurance policy. I mean, that's, you know, it's there for a reason. People don't like talking about life insurance. I know it's something that a lot of people find uncomfortable. And the last thing you want to think about is because it doesn't feel right sometimes. When I'm thinking about money when you die, like nobody likes having to have that thinking. But when it when reality hits after that situation comes down, you never find anybody, you know, regretting that they had that decision and put those plans in place. And they're very glad for it. And you, you really start to realize that it, it's not a selfish decision at all. It's, it's a good family decision to have those things in place. There's a, a reason why that exists and is so important. And uh, you just kind of have to get over the awkwardness of the conversation and thinking about it and really make sure you're just taking care of those loved ones around you because money will become a big part of your lives if you don't have that in place. It's, it'll become you know, important in a way that you don't want it to become important and that it's scarce, and that's not good. Well, yeah, Walter, I, I have actually seen that you know, several times, actually quite a lot, where you know, they weren't clients of mine before the passing. Maybe the wife came in. Maybe the husband only had a $10,000 policy or a $20,000 policy. Um, and then, yes, that certainly helps. And, and again, you know, she doesn't say, boy, I wish I didn't have that. But, you know, that wasn't necessary enough in those situations to really make an impact and make her feel comfortable enough. So I think another key thing to think about is having the proper amount of insurance. You, you know, you don't need to have $20 million of insurance. But you need to make sure you've got the proper amount so that you can, you know, your surviving spouse can live comfortably, can be able to take care of their bills and be able to go on with their life and not have to worry about that money. All good points. And if you have any questions about what we're talking about on the show today, don't hesitate to reach out to Scott. You can call 888-742-0111. If you have any questions about your personal situation, that's 888-742-0111. Or go to talktoscott.com, and you can actually schedule a free consultation with Scott and the team. That's talktoscott.com, and we'll link to that in the show notes of today's episode, so just check that out there. You can also look into getting a tax-free retirement toolkit. Again, link in the description of today's show if you want more info on that. Talking about the things that nobody says, another one we'll throw on here as well. Scott, I think you'll get a chuckle out of this one. I come into your office, chest puffed out, real proud-like makes me feel really patriotic, Scott, to pay more taxes than anybody else. I want to pay more taxes than I have to. I want to be the most patriotic and biggest contributor to Uncle Sam there is. So don't go telling me about ways I can pay less in taxes. That's that's not patriotic. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this one surplants the life insurance one because this is definitely... This one's a little uh, out there. (laughs) Yeah, something I never, never, never hear. And, you know, when I teach my college classes and... uh, you know, one of the sections that I do is on taxes. And I put some quotes up on the screen. And, and, you know, I don't know the quotes by heart. But basically, the whole idea is that, you know, everybody wants to pay their fair share in taxes, but nobody wants to pay a penny more. You don't have an obligation to pay any extra money than just what you actually owe. You know, that's, that's the key 
a lot of what I do with the planning is we try to reduce the amount of taxes that somebody needs to pay in their retirement so that they don't have to feel extra patriotic and pay more than what they what they actually owe and and you know a funny thing is too is that you know, a lot of people though they don't mind loaning the government money in a zero interest percent loan by withholding more from their paychecks than they need to though i see that all the time where i have people that they're working and they you know they're withholding more in taxes because when they file their taxes in the spring, they want to get a nice check back. So basically, they loan the government the money throughout the year, and then the government just pays it back to them come the fall, but didn't pay them any interest. So, you know, the, I think a lot of people are being patriotic that way. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, accidentally patriotic, maybe, in, in some Exactly. <laughs> and that, that's something I do point out to people and say, hey, you know what? You can reduce your withholdings. You're withholding too much. And you're basically loaning the government the money, and they're not even paying you any interest on that. They'll give it back to you, sure, but you know. But I, I, I get where people don't want to have to write a check to pay taxes come April. But if you really think about it, you're yeah. If you pay more taxes than what you owe, than what you legally owe, you're donating money. But instead of donating it to charity, you're donating it to the government. Yeah, and we, I, I don't meet a lot of people that think that the government is the best spender of money. Right. Uh, <laughs> I would make the argument they're probably the worst I know. Even people uh, who uh, would champion certain government programs, I think, have to admit that, you know, it's not probably the most efficiently run thing in the world. No, not when you buy $1,000 paper clips and, you know, <laughs> bridges to nowhere. I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's anybody uh, that contributes to, to waste. It's the federal government. It's a great it's point. It's not their money. They, they, they're spending other people's money, so they don't care. And that is easy to do, no doubt about it. All right, last scenario, and then we'll uh, we'll get on to more realistic things. But I think there's good lessons embedded in this and a little bit of fun, too. Hey, you know, Scott, I know we're into 2021 right now, but I really missed 2020. You know, I just love those big market corrections. It's like a really fun roller coaster ride. 2020 was awesome. 2008 was probably my favorite year. Just can't get enough of these. I really hope we get another one in 2021. <laughs> Yep. Nope. That never happens either. I've never had anybody ever call me up and say, boy, Scott, my portfolio has been going up too consistently. Can we figure out a way to make it drop? Uh, because it's it's too boring. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I want that. I want to experience that heartache of dropping 40 points in my portfolio just to really feel alive, you know? Yeah. The key to avoiding those is simply having a, a good quality asset allocation. It's diversified. It's not sexy. It's not going to have those big roller coaster rides, but it's going to give you good, consistent growth. And the key is you work with a, a fiduciary, a financial planner that's going to design that portfolio to meet what your individual goals are. If, if we know we need to earn a 4% return or 5% return to meet your goals, you structure that portfolio to earn what you need. I mean, granted, it's nice to get a 20% return, but you don't necessarily need to take that much risk to get the 20% return if you really only need a 5 or 6% return. So, you know, it's all, it's all part of that planning. And then you avoid all those roller coasters if you've got it set up and designed properly. Now, if indeed there was somebody that really thought this way, you, know, you can just go into 100% uh, small cap stocks and watch that thing flip all over the place every day. <laughs> Yeah. Buy some Bitcoin and, you know, right. you get a bunch of different stuff with a bunch of volatility. 
yeah, love the volatility with your fun money, not with your retirement dollars. Exactly, exactly. All good points, Scott. Thanks for uh, playing along there with some of those hypothetical items. Again, if you want to get in touch with Scott or have any questions about something we've discussed on the show today, whether it be something we've discussed already or something to come, always don't hesitate to reach out and get in touch with Scott, 888-742-0111, or go to talktoscott.com to schedule a free consultation. And you can find links and more resources in the show notes of today's program. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott Searles a little bit better on today's show. And my question for you this episode, Scott, is about household chores. What is your least favorite? Wait, do I just have to pick one here, Walter? I mean, I've got, I've got several. You can, you I, can I make a try. list, whatever, whatever you want to do. It's your show. No, ultimately. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the granddaddy one. And uh, that, that's doing laundry. Oh, laundry. Okay. I thought you were going to say dishes. I thought dishes was the granddaddy one. You know, I don't mind dishes that much. I mean, that's why they make dishwashers. I can rinse them and stick them in the dishwasher. Emptying the dishwasher, that would be on my list. But not... that's not fun. Not as bad as the the laundry, because as everybody knows, I've I've got four kids. Granted, three are off to college, but they're all back right now, right? So... Yeah, that would change my perspective, I think, if I start start jumping into your shoes. Mm Mm-hmm. So there, there's six of us. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when the kids were younger, and like my 11-year-old, you know, we do the laundry. I don't mind washing them. That's not hard. I can stick them in there, press the button, let them go, move them to the dryer. Granted, I usually forget to take things out that my wife tells me, and I shrink stuff. But yeah. um, what I don't like is after I f- is folding them and putting them away. Yeah, folding is definitely the least exciting part of it. Yeah, and, and then... You know, when the kids were younger, we were doing all their clothes all the time. Now they're older, they do their own stuff. But now the challenge is finding a time when the actual washer's open. I, I go to put laundry in, and, and I see that there's someone's clothes in the dryer or in the washer. I'm like, who left these in here? You know, I, <laughs> I'm out of socks. Come on, I gotta do some laundry here. But uh, I, I think the the big the big thing is folding and putting away. And with my 11 year old now, just just last night. My wife had, I think it's her least favorite chore too, because she had washed and folded some clothes. I come home, they're all sitting on the kitchen table, and she's like, can you take these up and put these away for Ellie? Even though she's 11, she should be doing this. When we leave it up to her to do, it just doesn't happen. Or she just throws them all in her drawers, or she'll put them on the top of her dresser, and it'll sit there for weeks. So uh, yeah, laundry would, would be number one, I think. Yeah, I I like doing the laundry. I I have no problems with it. And I've gotten okay with the folding. I'm just not a very good folder, so I just don't enjoy that part of it. But I will say you can do other stuff easily while folding. So you can easily, you know, throw on the game and have the game on in the background while you're folding laundry or listen to a podcast pretty easily. You know, so there's (laughs) ways to, like, keep your mind occupied doing the task. There may be people doing laundry right now listening to our podcast. Exactly, exactly. And that has made chores a little bit more manageable. It's the chores that you have to do where it's harder to hear what's going on, maybe, um, where you can't distract yourself as much. or like, And that's why dishes I put at the top of the list, because you know, you're running the sink, it's a little harder to hear stuff over the speakers, so you'd have to have your headphones on. But how often are you going to like grab headphones to do dishes? You know, It's not like a natural evolution of that task. So Right, right. I'd say dishes are, are on my list, but anyway. Well, good news is we're doing a podcast today. You don't have to do any chores right now. That's but right. That's when, right. When you get home, don't forget to move your clothes over to the dryer. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm out of socks, so I <laughs> do have to. <laughs> the socks are easy. Okay, here's a good debate. Do you put? Do you do anything with your socks when you get them out of the dryer? I do, but ironically, all my socks disappear. I still fear. I think the dryer eats them. But you but, do the thing where you like stick the one sock into the other sock, and they're like a nice, neat little pair with the little combo so, up at the top. So I go all the way with a full ball. So oh, I, wow. I okay. So I will take the you know I'll lay them right next to each other. I'll you know kind of do what you said. I fold them, but I continue to fold them until they are into a ball. Oh, you want it to be in a full ball? Yeah, I go I go I go full ball on the on the socks, and then I put them in my. I didn't drawer. know anybody did that. Oh. You know, they're good, too, because you can throw them at the kids, and, <laughs> and they don't hurt, right? They're little sock balls, right? Yep. So throughout the years, I've had fun doing that. The problem is, too, the dogs will get them, you know, thinking they're a play toy because they're a little ball. <laughs> but no, and then you just put the little balls right in. You should try it, Walter. It's, uh, it could change your life. Okay. I'll check it out. I'll see. Yeah. It seems just like it's going to add don't unnecessary stop. time. Don't stop at one fold. Just keep going until it's in the little I, ball. I don't even do the first fold. I just oh. I just stack them on top of one another. Oh, that, now that, see, I, I, I would lose even more socks if I did that. At least I pair <laughs> them up. That's true. Yeah, I, I do have several socks where they are missing their missing their buddy, and it's probably from from that very thing. So I've got a separate sock drawer that are just individual socks in case the other one shows up at some point in time. Is that right? Oh, that's too yeah, funny. I do. I do. You can like have a reu- a sock reunion. Your old friend is back. Whenever you slide that drawer open, all the little socks inside are going woo. But it works. So I like to wear fun socks. So I got yeah. Uh, I got some Sasquatch socks on today. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Uh, I was missing one of them for for the longest time. So I kept my one Sasquatch uh, sock in that drawer. And then sure enough, the other one popped up. I think it was in my wife's laundry basket or one of the kids or something. Very nice. Yes. Yes. So I found my other Squatch sock. So uh, I'm wearing them today. Fantastic. That's good. That does make sense when you wear fancier socks. See, like all my socks are basically the same. So if one disappears, it just gets paired with another one. You got just all black socks. They they, they plug in and out very easily. Exactly. (laughs) So back when I was doing more dress socks, um, you know, when I was doing broadcasting and having to see people in person instead of working from home all the time, then yeah, I maybe had a little bit different uh, different habits there. But anyway, wow, that was a lot on socks. That was exciting to go down that road a little bit. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Let's see if our mailbag question of the week has anything at all to do with socks. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Okay, just kidding. No sock talk in the uh, next part of the show here. Um, It wasn't on the top of mind of Katrina, who has our question today. Uh, Katrina says, my husband isn't inclined to do any retirement planning because he says he'll just keep working. Is this mindset okay? I guess I'm just worried about what happens if he can't keep working, even if he wants to. Well, Katrina, that is, I think the last part of that question is where you kind of hit the nail on the head. And that people that don't do any planning, they very well may work forever and continue to, to work to their last day on this earth. But you never know what happens if they can't work anymore. Physically, mentally, they can't work anymore and they have to retire and then they don't have any money saved up to fund their lifestyle. And then the other factor too is, yeah, if you don't want to, what happens? You get a new boss and and you can't stand him or her and and you want to just get out of there. Well, if you don't have anything saved up, guess what? You can't. 
So retirement planning is important for everybody, no matter you know what your level is as, as far as your assets and your net worth. You need to make sure that you've accumulated enough money for those eventualities if they do pop up. So Katrina, I think you need to have a little talk with your husband and get him in here to see me or schedule a 15-minute phone call with me and uh, talk about maybe doing some of that planning and getting, getting everything straightened out. Because again, just like the main topic today, that things that nobody says, nobody says, boy, I wish I didn't save any money. You no. Know, I mean, when the time comes, you're going to want to have that plan. You're going to want to have that fallback in order to make sure you live comfortably the rest of your life. It's a really good question. You know, we've all probably interacted with folks who have had some of these types of situations, Scott. I remember a neighbor uh, growing up when I was in high school, uh, they lived across the street, and he was a roofer. And he roofed. I don't know if that's what you call it if you're a roofer, so I apologize sure, to any roofers we'll go with there. that. He, he roofed into his 90s. Um, I, I, I knew him when I was in high school. He was in his 80s, and he was still climbing on roofs every single day and pressure, wow. pressure washing. And I, I, I don't think he was installing roofs. I think he was a pressure washer and like you know addressed minor issues like that. But yeah, he would still do a couple of roofs every single day in the, in the hot sun in the summer. He'd be out there on top of the roof climbing up 20-foot lat- ladders, 30-foot ladders. Walking around wow. up on the roof, it was amazing, and he worked all the way into his nineties. I think he finally probably, did retire, but that's probably what allowed him to live into his nineties. Yeah, it, it, well, it definitely did. He was he was a cool guy. He was just very like no nonsense and had his schedule. And I think he was former military. I want to say so he had that discipline, and he was right. in really good shape for an, a ninety year old for sure. Well, but, yeah, I would think, but still amazing. But I always wonder: did he want to keep doing that, or did he have to keep doing that? And that's a big difference between. The two, as you talk about working for a long time, it's one thing if it's a if it's a want, and another thing if it's a necessity. Absolutely, yeah. Really good question. Thank you for sending that one in, Katrina. And uh, if you have a similar question to Katrina or anything else on your mind related to finances and retirement planning, Scott and the great team at Skybox Financial Group are there to help. Uh, one more time, the way to get in touch is to call eight 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 seven four two zero one eleven. That's eight 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 seven four two zero one eleven. Or go to talktoscott.com to schedule a time to visit. And you can also find the links and contact info in the description of today's show. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. It's time for the Shelter in Place movie TV review. Well, it's time to find out what's been on the two movies, TV shows that Scott and I have been watching over the past couple of weeks. Scott, what's been on your uh, on your palate lately? You know, I was just thinking, Walter, we, we might need to rename this thing. You know, eventually we can't always stick with the shelter in place movie review. What do you mean We're, we can't stick with it? Well, I mean, w- eventually we won't have to shelter in place anymore. Oh, the shelter in place movie review. Yes. Yes. Okay, gotcha, yes. Gotcha, yeah. yes. We may have to rename this segment. You're going to stop watching TV when you. Uh... No, but I won't have to stay in my house. So right. Know, so we'll just change the name of this segment a little bit. And we do have listeners all around the country. So, you know, there's places where they still have shelter-in-place orders. Not, not here in Ohio. But uh, I tell you what, we watched a fantastic limited series on Netflix that our whole family watched. And we all really enjoyed it called The Queen's Gambit. Okay, I've heard a lot of people say they liked it. And then I watched the trailer and I was like... Eh, I don't know. 
Just Did you start like wa- it? Yeah, start watching it. You will okay. definitely get into it and enjoy it. And it's basically about this young woman. It's not a true story. We were kind of hoping it was a true story, but but it's not. Um, where she becomes the world chess champion, and she's just this brilliant girl. She grew up as an orphan. She learned from a guy in the basement of the orphanage taught her chess. And she was just so brilliant. She analyzed it and read it, and she would see stuff in her mind. And she went on to play the Russians, who are, you know, the chess. I think chess was invented in Russia. You know, they're like the world's best chess players. And uh, she beat the world's best chess player. It was a really cool story, and it was, it was fun. That does sound like a neat premise. And then I just, it just looked like it spiraled out of control and went real crazy. Yeah, you know, she I mean she's a young woman. She's uh okay. you know, she has her crazy moments, but uh it's really good. You would enjoy it. Okay. All right. I'll add that to the add that to the list. Connie wants to watch it, so I kind of shot it down the first time around, but every time I shoot one of her suggestions down, we end up watching it later and then I end up having to admit, "Okay, that was a good pick." So, <laughs> this will probably be another one to add to that list where she knew better. So, um we watched uh, Hillbilly Elegy on Netflix. Ron Howard movie. Yep. Uh, West Virginia folks. I think they were, no, they were in Ohio, actually. Um, back in the 90s, 80s, 90s? I can't remember now. But kind of followed this kid through being a kid and then growing up. And then he's coming back to see his mom who's battling addiction. And his grandmother kind of raised him, but they were very poor growing up. And he's now Didn't in he law school. Did he go to like Harvard Law yeah, School? Yeah, he's like at Harvard Yale Law School and Smart trying to like dude. interview for internships and, and jobs. But he's having to deal with all this stuff back home. And it's a true story. And um, I thought it was really well done. I thought they did a great job. It was very deep and impactful and it it really you know it resonated in in ways i didn't think it would so i recommend it it was very intense not a fun movie really by any means i mean there's a few laughs along the way just from the you know as any movie will have a few funny spots in it but it, it was good i definitely didn't regret watching it it was a very good movie i, I recommend it so my wife and kids watch it and i kind of popped in and out i was doing something else and and, and saw bits and pieces of it but i didn't watch the whole thing and they really enjoyed it too yeah yeah, I think it, the acting was superb. The acting was great. So I think they did, uh, every character in there did a great job. Amy Adams, I don't know how she, I don't know how she made herself do what she does in the movie. Like she she must have really had to go someplace to put herself in those shoes because she had some really realistic scenes that were just like, were hard to imagine yourself like being an actor, an actress, and putting yourself into that emotional state and that 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 way of being. It was interesting. It really was. You know, she is an awesome actress. She was in this other show on, I think it was on Showtime or something, where she did it for like two seasons, and then she got so, it was such an intense character that she didn't want to do it for a third season. I can't remember the name of it, but she's a really good actress. Yeah, yeah, she does a great job, that is for sure. Well, there you go, two good suggestions. Queen's Gambit was the one you said, right? And then uh, Hillbilly Elegy, which uh, I think both are in Netflix shows, I want to say. Anything with the word hillbilly in it's going <laughs> to be good, you know, exactly. Well, there you go. Two recommendations for you to start out the new year, and uh, we'll have more movie and TV suggestions next time around here on the Retirement Toolbox. Scott, my friend, thank you for a first good show of the year. We'll do it again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a great 2021. It should be a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Cavs.
Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.